0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max, and today's episode, we're going to be diving into uh, the final installment in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Trilogy, uh, 2007 Spider-Man 3, uh, which uh, was probably the first like major disappointment that we've had with Spider-Man, because um, coming off the huge success and the great film that was Spider-Man 2 we get Spider-Man 3 I remember when the trailer dropped you know in 07 they showed Venom and uh it was like oh man this is gonna be so cool but then they also showed uh you know James Franco had also returned and he was gonna be the new goblin Thomas Hayden Church plays uh the Sandman Topher Grace plays Eddie Brock who would later becomes Venom and you know, it, they had a bunch of characters in the trailer. Now, at the time, nobody really knew what to think of it. You know, you have all these cool characters from Spider-Man's rogues gallery and things like that. But, you know, then the movie came out. And, um... Uh, it was... You know, it was... It was disappointing, to say the least. Like, I, like, I think the movie is... um it it, it do, I will say this. It does have its moments of of greatness. Like there are some good moments in it, uh, and you know I'll probably cover most of them later on. But anyway, so we got new characters in the movie. We have um, like I said, the the three villains that I just mentioned. But we also have Bryce Dallas Howard in the movie. She plays Gwen Stacy. Uh, James Cromwell is also he plays Captain Stacy and things like that. And they're just adding so much stuff in there that just really, really is kind of all over the place. When you over when you overstuff a film like the way they did in Spider Man three, you're you're discombobulated and you're just all over the place, clashing tones. Nobody's really gonna it's hard to focus on one person. Like if you look at Spider Man one and two, you had one villain and you could, you know, center around them. You really didn't have too much emphasis on 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 uh on the hero because we've we've kind of already established the hero's output and things like that however here in Spider-Man 3 you got three villains three separate backgrounds three different stories to tell and you're not going to be able to tell one from the other and you know it's kind of uh, it's really all over the place um uh Tobey Maguire Kirsten Dunst um James Franco uh and um uh, Rosemary Harris and of course the great uh, J.K. Simmons are all back in in the film for the third and final installment. Uh, but uh, first thing I want to say is that the the some of the background stuff was the fact that James uh, Sam Raimi, the director, had said that he didn't want Venom in the film because he really didn't know he really didn't understand that character all that well, and that was more of a Sony thing that they wanted to put venom in there so now we got all these characters kind of all over the place um ramey had said a few times that he had just wanted um either just sandman or just uh james franco's uh uh turn as the as the green goblin which is you know supposed to happen after the events that happen in uh spider-man 2 uh but the story picks up that we get you know we pick up with peter parker Uh, You know, kind of becoming the hero and then, you know, come to find out he saves the police commissioner's daughter, Gwen Stacy. And, you know, this whole another love triangle comes around. But the whole thing with that, at the beginning of the movie, we get this pretty intense fight scene between Peter and Harry. Because then it's revealed that Harry is actually the new goblin. He's got a new green suit. He's got a new glider. He's got new tech Everything about uh, Harry Osborne's Goblin is vastly different than Willem Defoe's, And it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool to see that. But I think this fight scene is pretty intense. But the CGI really takes away from it. And, it, and it's kind of just a big mess because you are basically... It It almost feels like you're watching a cutscene from a video game. And it's like, well, why would you do that? You know, the stuff with... The up-close stuff with Peter and... Um, And Doc Ock was a little bit practical at times. And then it only became, you know, CGI when it needed to be. You know, same thing with, you know, Green Goblin. That was all. Those those fight scenes were choreographed pretty good. But then when we get to this one, and it's, you know, taking place in the air. Spider-Man's throwing stuff back and forth. You know, Harry's also throwing his things. He's got his little gadgets and everything like that. And it's just, it feels like a cutscene from a video game. And that that really, really put a damper on a lot of things. Uh, but anyway, at the end of this fight scene, Harry gets hit in the head like maybe two or three times. And all of a sudden, he wakes up in the hospital with no real memory of what happened. And um, that really, really kind of waned on that character. Because that, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And it really kind of took me out of the... Not, I don't want to say it took me out of the film. I'll t- trust me, I will get to the part that takes me out of the film. And you know people who have seen Spider-Man 3 and are fans of it, you'll probably know exactly which part took me out. But anyway... We, you know, Spider-Man is having all this notoriety, and and him and M, Peter and MJ are kind of having. Not want to say, relationship drama, but you know, there. Uh, Mary Jane was a successful actress in in Spider-Man Two. Now in Spider-Man Three, she starts to slip a little bit. You know, she's starting to get, you know, a little bit of bad press and things like that. While Spider-Man, on the other hand, is actually being embraced by the city except for the people at the Daily Bugle because, you know, J. Jonah Jameson doesn't like anybody. Uh, And that kind of puts a strain on things. However, we also cut to a... um, We also cut to Flynn Marco, a.k.a. the Sandman played by Thomas Hayden Church uh, who is basically a man on the run but at the same time uh, he's trying to provide for his daughter who is sick and things like that who's been treated for some type of illness you know she's all better now but the hospital bills are just out the ass and you know it's very hard for him to be a father but at the same time be this you know world class criminal and things like that and then there's the scene now the scene where he where Flynn Marco falls into this you know sand pit or whatever and then transforms into the Sandman, I thought was great. I thought it was a really great scene when he rises out of the sand and he's kind of looking at his arms. That was really good. That was a great scene perfectly shot that see that's using c g i at its best. The stuff with the Sandman really works his background his backstory really works the kid he's the only like villain out of the three that they introduce that really start to that you kind of feel a little bit towards you know because you understand that he's providing something but then later on when we meet Captain Stacy of the NYPD it's revealed that uh Flynn Marco is actually the man who murdered Uncle Ben and they all tie that into the first film which kind of all ties back and all of a sudden you know Peter this rage starts to develop inside of Peter and you know the fact that this man is still out there, and he's been on the run for the past was it five years, and things like that, and you know Peter starts to develop this darkness in him, and then it just so happens one night while him and m j are you know out on a date, this meteor uh crashes down, and this black little uh sludge comes out and it starts gravitating towards peter, and sure enough, when it takes a hold of him. His new suit becomes black, and he's got the symbiote suit, and, you know, off to the races we go, and, you know, here we are with this new character. Not, I want to say new character, but this new look for Spider-Man, and it's like, you can totally tell, like, the more he wears the suit, the more he wears the black suit, the more darker his personality becomes, and things like that. You're also introduced to Kurt Connors in this film, but um, he's not, he doesn't turn into the lizard like he does in the comic, or like he does in Amazing Spider-Man but um he's a pretty cool character and it's in and in that's interesting the fact that he doesn't re- he's mentioned throughout the entire series like he's in part 2 and he's here in 3 you know front not front and center but he's got a little bit of a bigger part he's there investigating this new uh symbiote uh MJ's kind of starting to feel a little bit distant from hair from Peter you know with all this new nor- notoriety that he's got going on for saving Gwen Stacy and then you know getting the key to the city and being embraced for this new hero, but at the same time, he's developing this dark side. You know, MJ starts hanging out with Harry a little bit more because Harry feels more of a friend now that Peter's starting to become a little bit more famous and things like that. Topher Grace as Eddie Brock was interesting at first. You know, he seemed like a little bit kind of all over the place like he was kind of like a not like a I don't want to say a loose cannon but he was more so of like somebody who was just there like his personality and his character traits were nothing like uh Tom Hardy's take as Venom in the in his own movie this was this felt really different and like to this day I never understood why they would cast him like to me he's still that scrawny teenager from that 70s show and now he's playing one of the most iconic anti-heroes of all time and you know it just didn't work for me even even the scenes where he's at the daily bugle and he does this whole thing with um with uh with peter and he tries to catch peter in the act and things like that and and it doesn't really go well uh, however, the scene does end with Peter Parker going down into the subways uh, underground and finding the Sandman. And it leads to probably the best fight scene in the entire movie where Peter in his black suit fights the Sandman. And at this point in the movie, you know, Peter's already developing this dark, this darkness inside of him because now, you know, he's been looking for this man for so long. And it it really, it really... It's a really interesting fight scene uh, in the in the subway because it reminded me of the train scene in Spider-Man Two, just a little bit darker. And I think after this moment, when he like when you see him kind of walking out, you kind of see those moments where his his hair, his eyes, and everything about Peter looks is starting to look really different. Like the symbiote is starting to change a lot of the stuff about Peter Parker. And I thought that was I thought that part was interesting. The new look he has, so to speak, really kind of bothers me. And then, of course, it leads to the whole dancing down the street and things like that. And it's like, okay, this is the moment in the movie where he does the whole. You you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've seen Spider-Man 3, the scene where he walks out and he's just walking down, dancing, finger pointing and whatnot. And I was like, okay, we're going to just stop the movie here, man. We don't need to see any more of this crap. And um, you know, it it it, it re- that's the moment to me. It really took me out of the film, and it's a little bit different. Then there's this uh, right after that, Peter and Eddie get into this moment where Eddie takes a a picture of Spider-Man that you know catches him in the act. But however, you know because of Peter, you know when Peter digs up digs up an old photo that he took from Spider-Man One and they look similar Eddie gets fired and Eddie starts to slowly slowly turn into the Eddie Brock that we know but even his turn like when he turns like into this like when Eddie Brock in the comic book and the TV show like the 90s animated show when Eddie starts that slow downward spiral into this hate that he has for Peter Parker it's played so well like it's it's it, it when they go over it and you see it, you can see it building with him. Like, like how we get, like, the, the build that we get for that moment when Peter first takes on the black suit. And you see him slowly going into that, you know, slipping into that darkness. You don't ever see that with Topher Grace at all. And that's where the movie falters. That's where the movie starts to really slow up. And then, all while that's happening, you know, Flynn Marco, the Sandman, is still alive. And then Harry you know, his memory starts coming back to him when he finds his father's, um, something about his father comes back to him some type of way. You know, I think it's when he starts hearing voices in his head and, you know, that whole thing comes back as well. And it's like, here we go again. And then of course, you know, uh, Peter and MJ break up, which kind of puts Peter in a heartbreaking moment. And then Harry lets him know that it's, it was actually him that, did everything and it's this whole love triangle type thing and it's like what the hell are you doing and um it's this it's it's, it's these weird moments you know it's like where the movie is starting to fall up you can slow, slowly see the movie starting to fall apart and then Peter is at um, Peter comes to a crossroad where uh Peter comes to a crossroad where he's got to make a, cho- make a choice, but by, like once he has that interaction with Harry about, you know, Harry reveals that, you know, his memory is starting to come back and he's the one that's been kind of seducing MJ and all this other stuff. Now, there's a great moment in this. So after they meet at this, like, diner, all of a sudden we cut to a scene later that night. Harry's in his penthouse at his home. You know, having a cocktail and whatever, and then Peter appears in not in in costume but like in his regular like regular street clothes, however, you can totally tell the suit has fully taken over, so this hatefulness he's about to take out all this rage and anger on Harry, but then again, that's what Harry wanted, and it leads to probably it didn't. well, see, I said this earlier, but I have to withdraw what I say because this this scene right here. This fight scene between Harry and Peter is very intense. It's a bare-knuckle brawl inside of uh, Harry's penthouse, and I think this is probably the best fight scene in the entire movie. Like, the one with Sandman in the the subway was pretty good. It was dark. It was visceral. But this one right here is bare-knuckles because there's blood. Peter gets stabbed. You know, Harry starts bleeding from the mouth, and all these things start, you know, coming out, and it's really interesting to see... Harry kind of revert back to the goblin status, but also this 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 dark rage building with inside of Peter that he's now taking out on his best friend, and it ends with this. Now the ending of this fight scene is kind of funny, and because it it really kind of takes away a lot of the seriousness that it has, because you know Harry's already beaten and he's just sitting there, and all of a sudden he goes, "Kill me like you killed my father." and Peter says, I'm done trying to convince you, and Peter has that moment where he, he starts laughing at him, and he goes, he goes, look at little Goblin Jr., you wanna cry, and I was like, damn, that's messed up, and, uh, that, that moment always kind of makes me laugh, I was like, damn, he's gonna be a fucking bully now, it's crazy, but, so, Peter, just walking away, and then, Harry's, is going to try to get one on him. He takes one of those those grenades and throws it at Peter, but Peter, having that spider sense, you know, senses it, ducks out of the way and flings it back at Harry, and it blows up in Harry's face. And now Harry's left disfigured. He's got this big scar on the side of his face. And, um, it's a little crazy. And then, after that, it leads to the jazz bar scene, where Harry, where Peter takes Gwen, not MJ, to Uh, he takes her to a bar, uh, where they play jazz music. And of course, MJ's working there because at this point now she's kind of lost a lot of her, uh, you know, her acting credibility. So she needs work. So she's there and, you know, he starts doing the whole dance, plays the piano, and then it's all crazy. And this is weird moment. And then Peter gets into a fight with some random guy outside, but he pushes MJ aside, and then I guess that's the moment when it finally dawns on him that something is wrong. You know, something is taking uh, control of him. And Peter flies to, uh, not flies, but he, uh, he, he webs on over to this church, and he starts trying to take the suit off, and it's not coming off, but he's hitting this bell, and this big you know, those big church bells, but the bell is making a noise that is so loud that you can see the suit kind of falling off of Peter, and it's a great moment, it's a pretty cool scene when Peter's trying to rip the suit off of him, and, you know, but, and it just so happens, he's at the top of this, like, cathedral thing, and then who, lo and behold, Eddie Brock walks in, and Eddie has this, like, you know, I was like, what a fucking pussy right here, bro. And uh, he has this moment where he's like praying to God, I want you to kill Peter Parker. And I was like, that's, I was like, okay. And then, of course, when the symbiote leaves Peter Parker, he finds a new host in Eddie Brock. Because this bell keeps ringing and the suit is slowly melting away from Peter. And a little speck of it falls on Eddie, who's, you know, on the bottom floor, on the bottom floor. And... All of a sudden the rest of the suit just kinda of slowly takes over Eddie's body and it's the scene that we saw in the trailer when we first see Venom because now Eddie Brock is all of a sudden Venom now. And it's pretty ridiculous right now. Um then so Peter finally gets rid of it. The next time we see him he's at this um he's at you know, he's at his apartment, you know, he's showering and he's about to call MJ, but at this point in time now, like a couple of minutes have gone by MJ has been kidnapped by Eddie, and then Eddie and the Sandman have combined forces, and they're at this um, they're at this construction site, and they're calling pretty much calling out Spider-Man, and saying, you know, stop us if you can. And basically, they're calling him out, and he puts on the old red and blue suit and tries to uh, and tries to go over there and stop him. And he he has a pretty pretty good run of things, but you know uh the scene with the scene where he confronts Eddie and Eddie's in his um in his venom suit and everything like that, it's so whiny. Like he's like the scene where he talks about like there's a scene where he's like, humiliation. You know, do you remember what you did to me? And I was like, this dude's like such a fucking puss bag, it's not even funny anymore. You know, he's so whiny and things like that and it it really, really, really did not work. The Venom's look in the movie looked cool. Like, it was his comic book accurate and things like that, but, you know, that, that you're, you're only there for like five minutes. You know, if they would have had this building up for the rest of the movie, it would have been all right. But anyway, it leads to this fighting between Peter, the Sandman, and Venom, and just when you think Peter's about to get killed, he's getting his ass kicked, all of a sudden, Harry shows up in his uh, goblin suit, and it's this team-up between Peter and Harry against Eddie and and the Sandman, it's a pretty cool scene, this, this, this one's, I will say, that last scene at the end, when they fight them all, that's is, is pretty good, and, um, it has a very anticlimactic ending, the Sandman falls, and then, uh, Eddie's about to kill Peter, and then Harry jumps in front of him, and then Harry gets impaled by his own glider, much like his dad, and things like that, and it's, and then Peter, uses one of Harry's grenades to blow up the suit but it also kills Eddie and so much for Venom and Eddie Brock but that's how the movie ends and then Peter goes on to be Spider-Man and Harry dies in his arms and it's kind of kind of a heartbreaking moment but you know with great power comes great responsibility so to speak and that's the end of Spider-Man 3. Uh, From what I've read Sam Raimi wanted to do another Spider-Man. He they he, they wrote out Spider-Man 4 and it was supposed to be a new character like the Vulture and things like that and so it looked cool. It sounded cool and what they wanted to do, but by the time it was going to come out and by the time uh Sony got their shit together, you know, Sam Raimi had already wanted it out, you know. And then they they rebooted it, which is we'll talk about in the next episode, which is which will be the Amazing Spider-Man, directed by Mark Webb and starring Andrew Garfield, but hey, man, Spider-Man three it, it, for a long time it was the worst film. It's the worst film in the Sam Raimi trilogy, um, and it but it does have its bright spots. Like I said, the scene with when the Sandman is first when they first create the Sandman, that's really cool. Like when he's rising out of the sand and picking up the the locket he made for his daughter, that's cool. That's real like a, that's a beautiful moment. The fight scene between Harry and and Peter in the penthouse is really cool. It's very dark and visceral. The fight scene between Spider-Man and the Sandman in the Subway is also really cool. Uh it's dark and it, it like there's a lot of dark tones in this movie, but it's just so combobulated with like all these characters you really don't know who to get behind. Like you can you can, you know, you really get a lot of depth from the character of the Sandman. And you understand where Harry's coming from in the movie because, you know, we've had three movies of this, this uh, built-up rage that Harry's been having towards Peter. And, you know, Peter thinks, you know Harry thinks that Peter killed his father. And then in part two, it's where, you know, he finds out who Spider-Man is. And then part three, they have the big throwdown. You know, but I just didn't like the fact that it happened the way it happened in the beginning when Peter and Harry are fighting in that alleyway and, um, you know, Harry loses his memory. I was like, that's just dumb. Like, why not just have the moment where Harry is already this manipulative bad guy and then have the fight scene at the at the penthouse? That would have been much more badass. Um, But then again, at the same time, you wouldn't have been like if you did it that way, you wouldn't have that moment at the end where they team up to fight the Sandman and Venom. Uh, but, man, once the movie goes into that whole, you know, get on up, and Peter starts dancing and walking down the street, I checked out after that. The movie sucked. You know, it's got a good first half, but it's the second half that really, really bogs it down. Too many characters. A lot of unwanted, you know, baggage comes along. I don't know why they brought in Gwen Stacy, even though I do think Bryce Dallas Howard did an okay job playing that character. Um... Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Out of all three of the movies Kirsten Dunst's performance as Mary Jane The best one was probably in three Because you finally see her She's matured as a character She has a lot of range in this movie Rather than being the girl next door in part one And then being the girl of his dreams in part two And uh, things like that And like I said There's a lot of There are very few moments in the movie Where it's actually good But other than that Overall it's very disappointing it's the worst film, it's the worst film in the Sam Raimi trilogy, uh, I don't think it's the worst film out of the entire series, but out of the, out of the, um, out of the, uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy, yeah, it definitely is the worst one, um, like I said, Spider-Man 4 was supposed to come out in 2011, but... Because Sony and and Sam Raimi couldn't get on the same page, they just decided to part ways and rather just reboot the series as a a whole, which is why next episode we're going to get into Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield's first Amazing Spider-Man. But anyways, guys, uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. Have you guys seen Spider-Man 3? What are you guys' honest opinions about 3? It's an okay movie. It's not as bad as everybody thinks it is. However, it is the worst film in the Sam Raimi trilogy. Whatever your thoughts and opinion, guys, let me know. Make sure you follow the uh podcast on all social media outlets, the Madhouse21, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh or look for the logo. Like if you're following me on all podcast outlets, whether it's um whether it's uh Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeartRadio, um, uh Google Play, Odyssey, Anchor. Wherever you're getting your podcast from, uh, be sure to look for me uh, on all podcast outlets. Like I said, follow the social media of the Madhouse Twenty One. Be on the lookout for more episodes. I'm gonna keep the Spider Man thing going. I just dropped the Matrix Resurrections. Um, I'm probably gonna do a Matrix trilogy uh, review, uh, probably some maybe sometime later today or tomorrow uh, when that comes out. Um, probably gonna do more Spider Man. We're gonna the next Spider Man episode. We're gonna jump into um is uh the amazing spider-man uh and i'm still gonna do my top 10 best films of 2021 and as always the top 10 worst films of 2021 um what else is coming out they got some movies coming out um some movies have come out in december which i have not seen yet uh the book of boba fett has come out cobra kai season four has come out so be on the lookout for those episodes as they drop because i'll be definitely looking into those as they come out you know like i said i gotta catch up on a lot of things but i took some time off because it was the holiday season so it was the holiday you know these past two weeks uh christmas celebrating christmas with the kids celebrating new year's with the kids and things like that so we were able to sneak in uh a couple of movies here and there but uh those are going to be for a later episode. Uh, But as always, guys, tell me what you guys thought of it. Follow the podcast on social media outlets. Follow the podcast on all podcast outlets. And as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness.